Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When, the king, when king Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be shepherd, who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly, and he found out from them the exact time that the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After, he had heard the, after they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house... They saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Let's pray. Father, we are so blessed to have, to have this, to have your word, your truth, to to have revealed for us the, the unfolding of your plan as Jesus comes to this earth. Father, we're amazed. We stand in awe of you, that you love us so much. Not only would you send your son and line everything up exactly how you wanted it, but that you would then record it so that generations later we could read and know the truth about what you've done for us and how much you love us. God, open our hearts, open our eyes to you today. Help us to hear from you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Appreciate this baby in Bethlehem. Wow, what an amazing story, right? I mean, what an amazing story. This is just another like piece of the puzzle. We've seen several so far. But as you read through the Gospels, you know, we see certain things. We see like the birth of Jesus is filled with miracles, one after another after another. And it, and it stands not only uh, is it filled with miracles in the present moment, but it's filled with like prophecy and history from of old. It's rooted in it. All that God had been promising for thousands of years is now being fulfilled in the miracles of God in this moment. And the Savior's birth has the glory of God written all over it. Like the fingerprints of God are, are orchestrating every detail. And God is like executing it all with such fine precision. It's just amazing. It's amazing when you think about all the different parts that had to come together. Nobody, nobody on the planet could pull it off. Nobody. Only God. Only God. And today's really no different in what was going on with the Magi. No different. From, from seeing a star, like anybody here able to put a star up in the sky? No, of course not. Only, only God can pull that off. 
Just that detail alone would have changed everything. If you think about it, that one detail, this doesn't happen if that one detail doesn't happen. And all that went on with the Magi, their adventure, it reveals some important truths for us, though, about the birth. And, and the first thing is this. You see it in verses 1 and 2, if you kind of look at those two verses. Here's what happens. The Magi, they came searching. That's what they did. The Magi came searching. Okay, that's important. Think about that. The Magi came searching. That's pretty cool. You know, because hopefully we come searching too, right? And these guys, you know, these aren't just ordinary people. These are the rock stars. These are the Yale and Harvard grads. These are the guys. These are the elite, right? These are like astrologers. They're stargazers. They're sorcerers. They interpret dreams. These guys are like important people. Okay, they're, they're big dogs. But we need to realize that these guys are not seekers of a personal savior. You know, a lot of times we, 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 we think because they came to worship him that they were like seekers of a savior. And even though they were seekers of the Messiah, and we don't know their motives, these guys have a different kind of motive, right? They are motivated by knowledge, they are motivated by mystery. They are motivated by science. And they are really open to anything. Right? If you think about it. Especially they're open to whatever's next. Whatever the stars might reveal. Whatever science might show up. And so they, are, they see this star and to them this is like, this is big. This is important. And, and, and in their, they're, they're not Jews, so they're not like believers of the faith. These are Gentile people. They are not of the faith in that sense. And their maps and their instruments have, and their research, what it has done is it's led them to this bright star. They, they have noticed this star, and they combine this bright star in the sky with an understanding or an awareness, at least, of the Old Testament prophecy about the Messiah, and that's what leads them to this journey. They have connected the star and a king. That's what they've done. They've connected a couple dots. There's this star. What does that star mean? It means a king. We need to go check this out. We need to go check this out. Many miles, right? Three or four months, perhaps, of traveling. Expensive. In a caravan, a big caravan, not three. And I'm sorry, but they're not kings. Okay, they're not kings. We three kings. No, we're not three, and we're not kings. We're astrologers. That's different. That's not a king. Okay, they, they come from the east, maybe Persia, maybe Babylon. And they are world smart. They are intelligent people, and they understand that the Messiah has arrived. And this is, this is big for us. This is huge. If you think about what's really going on here, these are non-Christian smart people of the world that know and understand without a doubt that the Messiah has come. Yeah. That's huge. That's huge. It's big. It's big because we like to walk around saying only Christians believe in God. Right? That's what people use against you and against us. Only Christians believe in No, that's not true at all. These guys are astrologers. These are smart people. These are intellectual people. 
And they have, they have come to the realization, maybe without any faith or heart at all in it at all, that the Messiah has come, and they have come to pay homage to this special king, and they will go pay homage to another king if he arises too. This is about science. This is about astrology. This is about what the stars are pointing to, and it's magnificent, and it's big, and they come searching. That's pretty cool. Their testimony of a Savior is most compelling and confirming and bears witness to the fact that Jesus is Lord. I mean, think about this. This is not the astrologers for Jesus group. Right? This is not like gazers for God, you know, Christian organization. That's not what this is. These are probably Gnostic, humanistic men. They are into cultic practices, astrology, and sorcery. They are not our heroes, but we make them out to be. But they are not. They're only heroes because in their knowledge of world things and astrology, they have come to the, the conclusion that the Messiah has come. And because of that truth, they are heroes. Not because of who they are. They are worldly men. They have come, this is so cool, they have come with confidence. I mean, such great confidence. They come and they say, where is he born king of the Jews? Not, is there a king born? But where is he? The fact that he was born, there's no doubt. They know without, without any doubt that he was born. Now it's just a matter of figuring out where is he? Where is the one born king of the Jews? Not is there a king. See, so the Magi, the Magi come searching. Non-Christian group of intelligent world people proclaiming his birth. That's huge. That's big. That's big. Verses 3 to 8, if you look at verses 3, 3 to 8, here's what else happens. Second thing that happens is this. King Herod goes searching. <laughs> King Herod goes searching. This is like, this is kind of like, um, uh, this is somewhat messy. You know, God has got it all organized. And it's all unfolding the way God wants. But this is a bit messy. And what happens in the midst of the birth of Jesus, some of it is not pretty. Right? Some of it is not pretty at all. We'll find out here in a second. You kind of know where I'm headed with that. Some of it isn't pretty. But the Magi, they come and they ask, you know, like, where is the one born king? And so this, like, disturbs King Herod. If you look at the text, he's very disturbed. He's troubled. He's agitated. He feels threatened. And it spreads throughout all of Jerusalem. Verse 3, look at it. And all of Jerusalem with him. He's disturbed, he's ticked off, he's upset. Something they said about born a king? No, 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 I'm the king. <laughs> Hello, I'm the king. Ain't no other king around here but me. Right, that's what he's thinking in his mind. These, these, these smart guys, these smart astrologers, they've come seeking, right? Come searching. And now they've met with Herod and they've done their homework. And the cool thing about it is they know. They know exactly what has happened. 
the Messiah, the Savior of the world has been born somewhere over here and they've come checking him out and now they've asked Herod, they've asked Jerusalem, where is this one who has been born king? And that gets Herod fired up, right? Herod takes them very, very seriously. He doesn't blow them off. He knows what he's dealing with. He knows he's got in front of him these men, and they know they're smart, they're educated, they're intelligent, they've come a long way, and they have connected all their dots, they've used all their instruments, they know exactly what's going on, and they know a Messiah has been born. And he's right here in your kingdom somewhere, Herod. And we've come to worship him. And Herod's not happy about this. He fears that his throne will be taken. Right? That's what he's fearing. Something about born king of the Jews did not set well with him. And so there's this uproar, right? He creates this uproar, right? Because he's fearing now that his kingdom might be like might be taken away by this other king that's just been born. And so that creates this uproar. Uproar. Have you ever heard the, the phrase panicked people panic people? <laughs> Right? That's what happens, right? If you're in a crowd and somebody starts yelling, fire! You know, all of a sudden everybody's running around yelling, fire. They don't know. They don't even know what's going on. But one person can get it all going, right? Fire everyone up. Right? Say the wrong word at the wrong time. That's why you got to be careful what you say, right? Not an airplane, in the mall, in a crowd. You just don't blurt out stuff. And your kids, like, you're like, no, put your hand over their mouth. You know, you don't want them saying something that somebody else says, what? Did he say that? And every, pretty soon there's panic all over everywhere. And that's what Herod has done. He's created this uproar, this panic. And which leads us to this thought, like, like when tragedy happens, when bad things happen, when things ha- don't go the way you, you want them to go, how do you react to that? How do we react to that? That's important. That's important, right? That's important. Did you know that the measure of our faith is gauged by our trust in God in troubled times, right? That's that's the measure of our faith, is what do we do when things are not good, when things don't go the way that we want? How do we react? That's the measure. That's when we got to take a look at ourselves and say, where's my faith now, right? That's a great test. And for, for Herod, his faith was in himself, and it showed up. And it was powerless, and it was limitless, limited, right? That's what it was, just, just earthly, selfish, prideful faith in himself. And that's the problem with being my own God. That's the problem with leaving God out of life, is that my, my world view becomes very small, right guys? Becomes very small, and my worldview becomes all about me. I am the center of my world, and I am powerless, and I am limited. But in God, the sky is the limit. So, so what Herod does is he does his research, right? He calls in the chief priests. He calls in the, the teachers of the law. And you know what they do? This is cool. Only God can bring this about. They have a Bible study. Isn't that awesome? Like King Herod. Evil King Herod is having a Bible study with these guys. Like, hey, let's open scripture, man. What's it say about Jesus? And so they turn to Micah 5, 
Right? Right there in verses 4 or 6 of your passage, they turn to Micah 5, and he calls together the people and the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and he asks them where the Messiah was to be born. Where? where? So, like, first of all, like, who? He's the Messiah. Where is he to be born? In Bethlehem of Judea. That's the where. And they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, out of you will become a ruler who will shepherd my people. So they got the who, they got the where, they got the what, and now they need the when. They need when. That's what Herod's doing. Herod, in his brain, is going, oh no, ain't no other king around here but me. I know who he is now. I know where he is now. I know what he is now. And I just need to know when. And so he calls in, he calls in the, uh, the, the, the Magi, right? Look at what happens next. And, he's, and he questions them, and he wants to know the exact time that the star appeared. When was the exact time that the star appeared? Why? Why do you say? Why? Because he's connecting the dots. He's doing his own invest, investigation. He's calculating all the events. And what this would ultimately end up in is the murdering of every boy born two years and younger. See, that's how we know that Jesus could have been up to two years old when the Magi came. He wasn't in the stable anymore. He was in a house. This, was, this could have been a year later. A little boy running around. Not a baby in a manger. So every time you see a nativity, you see those, those not, they're not even kings, but they look like kings. You see those Magi, they just, just take them, and put them over here. Like they're on a journey still. They're not there yet. It's right? good. I mean, we've got to tell the story correctly. Right? The Magi aren't there. Get them out of there. Get them out of the scene. They're not there yet. Messing this whole thing up. So, so, so this evil, corrupt, godless king, verse 16, would wipe out all these children because he was threatened by a king born in his kingdom. And he sends them, then the, the Magi, go on to Bethlehem. You guys, go make a careful search and then report back to me because I want to come and worship him too. Yeah, with a knife, yeah. right? That's how Herod wants to worship Jesus. He wants him dead. An evil king, but, but don't miss the whole thing. Self-centered king bears witness for all of us to the birth of Jesus, the king, he tells us, his testimony screams that Jesus Christ is born. And so when people say only Christians believe in this God, no, they don't. The magi are screaming to us that there's a king born. Herod is screaming to us there is this king born. And so we appreciate this baby in Bethlehem for more reasons than we'll ever know. And what that does is that, that in our own heart creates this, just this heart of thankfulness to God for all that he's done, every detail along the way, to bring us to this moment in time where we can worship him. And so what's the birth of Jesus do? Here's what it should do. It should lead us all to this question, have you made your search? Have you made your careful search of this king, of this Jesus? Right? And that's what our friends need to know. Have they made this 
careful search of who he is, who that baby is on your front yard in that little manger with all the lights on it. Have you made a careful search of who he is? Or is he just Christmas to you? Right? Have we made our careful search? Don't you love how God just draws us into the story? He draws us in, right? He just, he, this whole miracle that God is doing draws us into the stable. It draws us into Bethlehem. In his presence of that child, we are drawn into it. And he calls each soul to come and see. He calls every one of us to come and taste. He calls every one of us to come unto him. He does. This story screams out to every living soul. Come. Come and see. Come and check me out. Choose this day whom you will serve. That's what the birth of Jesus does. It challenges every one of us to ask ourselves, have we made this careful search? Do we know who Jesus is? See, in verse 3, the Magi, they saw the star, right? They saw that star, and they came to worship the one born king of the Jews. They worshiped out of this universal mystery of this star and this king and what this might mean. That's why they came to worship. Herod, he made a search, right? And he called for a search to be made. And then he acted on what he, what he found, and it was true. The Messiah had been born so much to the degree that he had all the, the boys killed. You don't do that because you think it might have been ha- happened. You do that because it did happen. And now he's trying to stamp it out. He's trying to cover it up. The shepherds they went and worshipped, right? And then they went home glorifying God and praising God and they spread the word about who he was all over the place. See, every one of us are going to make a decision about who he is, about who that baby is lying in that manger. Some of us will, will treat him like Herod did. And in our own pride, we won't do anything. And some of us will treat him like the Magi did, just another spectacular thing that has happened that I'm going to go check out until the next thing happens. And some of us are going to be like the shepherds and we're going, to, we're going to fall on our face and we're going to worship him because he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. But, but everybody, everybody will do something, right? The, the, the great company of angels declared glory to God in the highest. Even the angels were worshiping him. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born. They said to, to the shepherd, he is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find that baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. John the Baptist, remember what he did when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary? He leaped in Elizabeth's womb. Remember what Zechariah said? Of course you don't because he didn't say anything. Remember, God didn't let him talk. Mary said, I'm your servant. Let it be as you have said. Joe said, he did what the angel said, and he gave him the name Jesus. Simeon said, my eyes have seen your salvation. Anna the prophet saw the baby, and she gave thanks to God. The prophet said, a ruler will come out of Bethlehem and shepherd his people. He'd be the shepherd of his people. The prophets longed to worship the Christ. The thief on the Christ said, Jesus, remember me. The woman with the health issue, remember her? She said, if I only touch his robe, and Pilate wrote, this is Jesus, King of the Jews. Isn't it amazing that the beginning of Jesus' birth with the Magi, the king of the Jews, and the last recorded thing written above his head match exactly who he is, king of the Jews. 
King of the universe. King of all. That's who he is. How interesting is that? So what about your search? How's it going? How's your search going? You still searching? Still seeking? Think you got it all worked out? Are you like the shepherds? Are you like the King Herod? Are you like Magi? What are we? A little bit of the world, a little bit of Jesus, a little bit of whatever we can get? Or are we ready to fall on our face and worship him? See, the birth of Jesus is filled with miracles and wonder and amazement of God's hand and powerful hand of God all over it. And we need him in our lives. We need God more than we'll ever know in our life. And I would urge you, don't wait. Don't wait. Don't put it off. Cry out to him today. Cry out to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You got to love how the story ends, right? This whole story kind of wraps up like this. Verse 9, it says this. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned, warned in a dream, astrologers, warned in a dream by God, another fine detail of God at work, do not go back to Herod. They returned to their country by another route. They said, Herod, take a hike. God is all over it. He's all over this thing. He's all over this. The mighty works of God, planning and orchestrating and growing and developing in all of us because of all the detail, because of all the love, developing in all of us a thankful heart. I mean, that's what comes out. From our, 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 wherever we are, whatever our heart is like, however, however hard it is or cold it is or wrong it is or misled it is or whatever our heart is, the miracle of God is that he can grow something out of it that is from him. How awesome is that? That's just amazing. Father, we love you so much and you're so good. All that you have done to bring about the birth of Jesus is so big. Every piece of it, huge. And we get, to, we get to read and we get to study and we get to appreciate all of it because we live here, because we live on this side of it all. Others long to look into it. Others wished for that day and prophesied about that day, but, but for us, we get to see it all, the whole picture, the whole work of your hand as you brought your son to this earth. Father, you are amazing and we are in awe of you. Help us, Father, draw us close to you. Help us to make decisions about Jesus as we make our careful search that would result in praise and glory to you. Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for each one here. Thank you for their faith. Thank you for wherever we are. You love us. You're patient with us. You forgive us. You just move in us and around us to help us understand and know that you care. We love you for that, Lord. Thank you for working in our lives like you worked in the birth of your son. 
We love you so much and give you thanks in Jesus' name.